Welcome to the Big Ticket Life Podcast, where we feature stories from highly successful life and business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs. Join us as we discuss the mindset, motivation, and music you need for a big ticket life. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Big Ticket Life Podcast, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to Stephen Wessner. Stephen, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Dr. Pillay. Thanks very much for the invitation. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And Stephen, where are you in right now? Where are you calling from right now? Uh, so I'm in Wisconsin uh, this week. Anyway, I travel a lot. Um, you know, I have this great privilege of being able to travel the country to serve clients, meet with clients, um, you know, speak at events and, and so forth. But th- this, this week I am home, which I'm loving. So thank you for asking. Absolutely. And, and Stephen, on that note, I just want to say to those who may or may not have heard about you that you are kind of a, a I think you're one of the best kept secrets in online <laughs> marketing because, you know, you're not one of those flashy guys who we see with the big Bentley in the back and the airplane. And, but you, you're very successful. You have an amazing set of programs and, and coaching and training and things like that. And I bought your book, <laughs> uh, Profitable Podcasting. I'm loving it. And so I, I wonder what does what gets a guy like you to show up and become who you are? What's your defining moment story of how you got this work ethic and became so successful? Uh, well, one, one piece of clarification for your audience and maybe many of them or all of them already know this, but most of the people who have the jets in the background or the Bensleys or, or whatever, those are rented props. Um, and, and, but that's never been me. It's never going to be me. That's not my roots. That's not my family. That's not my history. Um, you know, probably because, you know, I, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs who have gritted it out along the way. My, my grandparents, my cousins, my uncles immigrated here from uh, northern Greece and Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul, Turkey, excuse me. And, you know, my grandfather came here when he was 18 years old. It was 1920, had $10 in his pocket, couldn't speak the language, and, and decided that, you know, at, at one point he wanted to be um, early on in his childhood, when he was eight years old, he became the man of the house because my great grandfather was murdered in Istanbul because of ethnic cleansing. That was not the time to be a Greek male in Istanbul sanctioned by the, by the Turkish government. It was awful. Millions of people were, were murdered within a short period of time and not just Greeks either, but, um, my family fell victim to that. And that changed the, the DNA of our family in that instant. Wow. And so my grandfather decided, you know what, at some point I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to set my own course and destiny, a very humble man and came here again, like I said, $10 in his pocket, couldn't speak the language. It's not like he could go on to, you know, uh, LinkedIn or, uh, start some sort of crowdfunding campaign, Yeah, wash dishes and cut lettuce in a downtown can Ohio restaurant for six years. And six years later, Dr. Play, six years later, he had enough money to open his own restaurant. And that was 1926, just a few years before the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and he went on to run his restaurants, a very successful 42-year restaurateur uh, career, a restaurant uh, career, but all of it was grounded in humility and taking care of your customers and taking care of your family and family first and all of those cornerstone values that we treasure so much in this country, but none of it ever 
was about look at my big Bentley in the background as I, as I shoot a selfie and post it on Facebook. It, it has never been about us. That's not our family history. So, you know, right there behind me is a framed picture of my grandfather standing behind the lunch counter. Mm-hmm. First restaurant called the ideal in 1926 in Canton, Ohio. It's always been about humility and, and, and never about, you know, trying to put on airs to impress people. You know, you, you have so hit the nail on the head. In fact, one of the things you, you shared with me earlier is that a, a core nugget of the, the ethic you learned from, from your, your heritage, really, is that if you take care of your customer, right, they will take care of you. Right. Um, I'm interested in expanding on that. You know, a lot of people today are, they work so hard on the marketing and the sales to get that customer. And the customer comes into the gates and they're like, uh, where's the content? Where's the product? There's nothing here. So how do we help people shift from this sort of facade approach to really taking care of customers the way you learned in your becoming process? Yeah, I, I think it's, it, well, one of it, I think is just flat out integrity. I think is, you know, being able to provide your customers with what you said and what you promised. And, and, and if you're in a misalignment with that, you know, that, that's not rocket science. You got to fix that. Or the reality is you're not going to be in business for very long. Yeah. I, I think that there are a lot of internet marketers, online marketers, info marketers, whatever category you want to put them in that are, that are basically selling fluff. They're selling air. They've never actually been in business. Their business is teaching people how to be in business. Yeah. Guess what? That's not a business. Um, and so, you know, they're not actually in the trenches of building anything. I think the, the, the real business owners that are out there slugging it out every single day in the trenches, you do have to provide value. Again, that's not rocket science. That's not that's some sort of golden nugget insight. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not doing that, the market will decide when they're ready to exit you. And, and unless you're truly delivering upon the contract or the deliverables or whatever you promised, there, there's no way to hide from that. The market will ferret you out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on the, on the topic of, of the market and the realities that we all live in, you know, you are, you are a major thought leader. I've already mentioned the fact that you've written a really powerful book, The, the Profitable Podcasting. You have, what, a thousand? Po- I thought it was 600. You have like a thousand podcasts under your yeah. belt at this point. You know, as a thought leader, you know, what, give us a sense of your ideal clients, um, you know, the problems they tend to have when they first find you, and maybe the process or the steps that you might take to, to, to get them from A to B. Yeah, the the ideal client that we serve is um, we typically are serving business owners who are doing about a million to twenty million dollars a year in revenue, mm-hmm. and and they typically own a a business to business professional services firm that might be a um, you know an ad agency or a marketing agency or a consultancy or or they might be um, you know a consortium of real estate investors who are building a community or or it might be an accounting firm or like a CPA firm or some 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 sort of service provider, right? We understand that space really, really well because I've spent 25, almost 30 years in that space. Um, and, and so we serve business owners who want to build their thought leadership and then be able to monetize that content. Mm. So it's one thing to have a podcast. Awesome. But it's one thing to say, wow, you know what? My podcast has generated $3 million for my company awesome. Or my podcast has helped me get speaking engagements or has helped me promote a, a book. And now I'm a best-selling author as a result, or, or now I've built 
this, you know, online course in this community that, that now I'm building out multiple courses because of that thought leadership. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's what we really do. We've got a 17 step process. We call it the ROI thought leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm biased. I think it's awesome. <laughs> um, but, but the reason by the why, way, I think by the way, I think it's awesome too, cause I've read, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, it, it's the, the reason why I think it's, it's great is not because, you know, my team and I built it. It's because it's actually helpful to our clients. It, it helps them save time. It helps drive revenue. It, it helps them establish themselves, you know, their point of view, plant a flag around that point of view. It helps them become thought leaders in their niche spaces. And, and none of our clients are about the Bentley private jet life. I mean, they're, they're, they're all about, you know, building and serving their clients. And, and many of them serve big clients, um, and, in in high ticket items. And, and so for like large consulting type yeah. of things, yeah. um, but, but all of them come at it from a place of humility. So, and, and, and that, and, and that makes me really happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you, you've talked about, um, you know, these clients quite a bit and I want to go a little deeper if, if we could Sure. about who these folks are, you know, let, let's say, a typical client of yours wakes up, what problems do they think about in their business? What are the things they just can't get over? What are the blind spots, the hurdles, the, the things you think, like once you see that, you know, okay, that's going to be a great client for me. What are those challenges that they deal with? I think oftentimes it becomes a, I know there's something better out there. I know that I can be doing a better job in marketing. I know that I can be doing a better job in lead flow. I know that I can be doing a better job in filling my sales pipeline. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Mm -hmm. I don't have the time and space to think about like the capacity to be able to dedicate the time to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've been in this business, Stephen, and predictive ROI team. I've been in this business for 15, 20 years. There's a lot of stuff that I know that I know that I could be sharing, that I know that I could be helping, that I know that I could maybe be turning into keynote speeches. I've got all of this knowledge, but unfortunately it's up in my head. Yeah. And I would love to be able to share it because I think I could be helpful. I think I could be helpful to an audience. And then if I do build an audience, how does that benefit my business? Mm-hmm. How does that change the course direction of my daily schedule? Do I get to focus on content and being helpful as opposed to being in the trenches doing the actual thing that people come to us for? Does this give me an opportunity to build and scale my company? Mm-hmm. Those are the typical pain points. And in the answer to all of those things is yes, doesn't happen overnight. Nothing does, mm-hmm. but over time, sure. You can build a business that feels like that yeah. in, in, in a positive way. You know, I, I love the way you position the fact that it doesn't happen overnight. Oh gosh. I can, I can tell you that one of the mistakes I've made in the past in, in my coaching business was over promising and, mm. and leading some of my clients to think that they could just, you know, turn a switch and, and, you know, they're going to get this flood of, of clients <laughs> on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or something like that. And I, I've since cured myself of that process, but you know, what you've just described really reminds me of three things that you mentioned on your website, actually, the idea that you, you first help your clients plant a flag mm-hmm. um, and then you help them develop the cornerstone content, which really comes from their business point of view. Like who right. are they uniquely and why you and all that stuff. And then you help them monetize. Let, let's talk about monetization because gosh, a lot of people probably wake up and go, okay, fine. So I got to write a blog. I hate that. 
I got uh, to do an interview or I got to go do a speaking thing. I'd rather die than speak. <laughs> so it's like, okay, or maybe I'll do a podcast. Uh, but how do I monetize this stuff? Even if I get over the hurdle of believing in content marketing, what yeah. is a great monetization strategy that, that has been successful for you and your, your clients? Well, so um, we kind of distill it down, not kind of, we've distilled it down into really two. And I'm Greek. I like Greek mythology and the stories. Uh-huh. So we, we've got two. We call them the Trojan horse of sales. Ooh. And then we also, uh, the, the second one is the trident of sales. Okay. So, um, you know, most people, most of your listeners probably know the story of the Trojan horse and how the Greeks defeated the city of Troy by wheeling, when they wheeled the, the, um, the, the horse into the city gates. And then, you know, the Greek army strike force was in the belly of the horse and then they led in the rest of the army and the city fell. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why it fell is because the Greeks were giving a gift that was what that was looked at as a peace offering a way to reestablish the relationship it had been a 10-year stalemate war thousands of people have died on both sides and it was a way to kind of like okay this is how we're going to move forward mm-hmm. well and and so we teach our clients and we do this with onward nation my podcast mm-hmm. we teach our clients on how to use their podcast or how to position their podcast as the trojan horse create a list of your dream 25 prospects the people that you most like to serve mm-hmm. invite them onto your top rated podcast as opposed to saying hey i'm dr play i'd love to have a sales conversation with you what do you think yeah. about that tomorrow yeah, yeah most people are going to say no to that exactly instead if you invite them to be your guest on, in, on your media channel mm-hmm. and you have this audience that's listened to in 57 countries and you've got lots of five-star ratings and they want to maybe influence that audience too. It's a, it's a game changer. Now you have Trojan horsed and now that person comes as a guest on your show. Now with that said, that does not mean that they've just given you an invitation to be schmutzy. Exactly. Exactly. In right? fact, because that feels awful. Exactly. In fact, the, the way I position this to people I'm, I'm sharing the podcast strategy with is I say your whole point is to become the center of influence for your community. That's really what you're getting. The content helps you become the center of influence, but don't ever try to sell people on a podcast. <sighs> it doesn't work. It won't work. And, and you, you might find people interested in what you do, but at, at the very worst, ask for an introduction to other people. Create referral partners. Don't sell people on a podcast. So I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I, I, I was just a, just a guest on um, Kathy Caprino's uh, excellent show called Finding Brave, and we were talking about sales strategies. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, I'm going to give you kind of a really crude metaphor, but, you'll, but everybody in your audience will get it because we've all seen that guy. Yeah, and yeah. that guy is the, you know, the young adult male with the red solo cup with his drink and he walks up to the first attractive, you know, female that he sees at a party and he, and he tries to get to third base in the first five minutes. Yeah. Let's get married. Right. Not going to work out well for that guy. Yeah. Well, we have to understand that in the sales context, it takes courting, it takes wooing, it takes trust, it takes context, it takes a relationship. And most people think, oh, I've got a live one here, so I'm going to start pitching. No, you come off like completely inexperienced, abrasive, rude, and inappropriate. That's what you sound like. You know, um, the way I like to say what you've just said is everyone wants a solution. Nobody wants to be sold. Ugh. 
Nobody. Well, it, it feels <laughs> it feels so yucky and ill-timed. Instead, the Trojan horse of sales is, can you give your dream prospect a wonderful guest experience? And then downstream, could you feature them in a Forbes article? Could you feature them on Thrive Global? Could you promote their smarts on LinkedIn? Could you promote them in an ebook? Could you feature them in a weekly e-newsletter? Could you put them in a book chapter? Could you highlight some of their smarts in a webinar? There's a litany of ways downstream stream to say, Hey, Dr. Pillay, thanks again for joining me on my show. Your insights, your golden nuggets were so freaking good. Yeah. I decided to feature them in my Forbes.com article this week and it was spectacular. Thank you very much. Dr. Pillay gets that and says, Oh my gosh, that was awesome. No, no, he, you know, months he, later, what Dr. Pillay says is I kind of like this Steven guy. Right. Like he's not, he's not asking me for me. He's just doing, no. you know, and that's really, it's the psychology of reciprocity there that powers the whole thing. And that, and that relationship building may take a day or it may take a decade. Exactly. And we have to have patience because one day Dr. Pillay is going to reach out to me and say, you know what? I really loved being on your show and you blew me away with how you featured me in all these different places. And then it finally clicked to me. This is what you do, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. like this is, this is what you sell this yeah. content model. Right. And I said, yeah, okay. I need to have a conversation with you about how we can put that into play in my business. Cause I'd like to be able to do what you're doing. There you go. Now, how about the Trident strategy? You talked okay. about. You so talk Trident, there are three prongs to the Trident. So the Trident is um, having great guests on your show in order to build audience. Mm -hmm. And then, and then once you do that, the second prong of the Trident is then being able to sell through to the audience, like whether you're promoting books or courses, workshop seats, whatever, but your audience, you're trying to actually directly monetize your audience. And then the third prong in the Trident is, hey, if I've built an audience and they're buying my stuff, maybe there's a third party that wants to sponsor my stuff, sponsor my content that I can then, because they want to be able to sell through to my audience as well. So I'm going to sell access to my audience. Got it. Um, so that's the Trident. And um, both work extremely well, mm -hmm. but both require patience and good content. Yeah. The only, the only thing I would, I would share in response regarding the Trident is there are people who, who don't want to build an audience at all. Like they don't want to get to, and, and I, I've been there, you know, this idea that I want to create a, a number one iTunes podcast is like so off my radar. <laughs> like, like the only thing, the, 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 the extreme is I only want to invite people to my podcast who I can sell to. And that's the wrong extreme. I think mm -hmm. you've got to have a mix, right? Um, you know, like some people are people who could be prospects, but others are influencers. Others are, um, I mean, you have Absolutely. to have an interesting mix so that you're not just on either one side, which is all about getting guests or the other side, which is all about building an audience. Would you yeah, that's a really good point because, okay. So if you're to dissect our thousand episodes, you know, almost a thousand uh, that we have for onward nation, mm -hmm. I, I will say candidly about 10% of those people are actually prospects. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And we did that on purpose again. So it doesn't feel schwarmy mm -hmm. and schmutzy. I love you know, your one, words there. I right? what is schwarmy? I've never heard schwarmy. One, one for one for the guests, because pretty soon if, if every single one of my guests was a prospect, it would feel like if you're in the audience, it's going to feel like, well, how is that super helpful to me? Exactly. Um, and, and so, yeah, you have to think about it smartly and, and because it can't be a pitch fest, it is going to feel yucky in a hurry and it will fall right apart.
Yeah. You know, I, I, we've obviously talked about um, concepts quite a bit here, but I, I would love to hear your stories, your war stories, your, your examples of maybe one or two times when you, you, you found a great ideal client who was experiencing some of these challenges, lack of clarity and how to approach the market and, and all that stuff. And you were able to use your content strategies mm. and, and website and, and marketing, all, all those things and take them to their promised land. Do you have any stories you'd like to share? Fun stories? Sure. Yeah. And, and I think that the clients who have been successful uh, in our system mm-hmm. are the ones who came to us and said, okay, this is what I think. This is, this is what I know to be true. These are, not, these are not startup business owners. These are business owners who have a clear point of view because they've been successful. But they've, they've reached a, um, a threshold of, okay, I know there's more out there and I know that I can be doing better. What's my next step? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we plug in really, really well. It, it, as opposed to a business owner coming to us saying, you know, I'm not really sure what my point of view is. I'm not really sure what I think about certain things. That's, that's more challenging. And, and that doesn't work in our system. Yeah. So when clients have come to us, here, I'll give you a good example. Uh, Drew McClellan, who is the CEO of Agency Management Institute. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always been very clear on who he serves, why he serves them, who he doesn't serve and why he doesn't serve them, which is also very important. And he's been very, very clear about the value proposition, why he's here, what his mission is and so forth. And so then the podcast for him was really like lighter fluid. Yeah. It was about helping him then build an even bigger audience. And then with that audience, then he's able to fill his workshops more. It's led to speaking engagements. It's led to book deals. It's led to all of the different things in his business model that he was doing, but now is added a a level of gasoline to the fire Mm. that that is generated now five to six X what he pays us. He gets five to six return on his investment. Mm-hmm. And so like, he'll never stop podcasting because of how much impact it has created to his business. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Do you actually, um, do you do these podcasts for people or you teach them how to do, is it? A- no, we do them. So, so, so that we wanted to create a system for the busy, busy business owner, like a Drew who's on 256 airplanes a year, no joke. Yeah. He's on 256 airplanes a year so that he can walk up to the microphone have a conversation with Dr. Pillay mm-hmm. and then be done. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's it. Yeah. That, that's actually, that's exactly, I asked because I, that's what I believe in too, you know, help people. The technology stuff is just so much sometimes that, you know, if you can make it really simple for people, take away all the other stuff. It's great. You know, you mentioned here that you like to work with folks who have a point of view. And I, I just had a funny thing I wanted to say because yeah. I, I believe that so much. I think in every good story, you have to have an enemy. Hmm. And there are these guys in, in my book, I, my enemy, the enemy I picked are these guys online who like to say things like, hey, you don't need to have a product. You don't need to have an idea. You don't need to have a, a website. You don't, all you need is give me your 10,000, give me my $10,000 and I will make you a multimillionaire online right. Right now. You know, that, those are the guys that I consider the enemy of your approach, which is the point of view thing, you know? Yeah. If, if I have to see one more Facebook ad about telling <laughs> me how, telling me how some, some person is going to help me become a seven figure business owner overnight, if I just scrape their funnel and put that into place, I, I think I'm going to vomit in the nearest trash can. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's despicable 
Because if it's that easy, we'd all be seven figure business owners. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. And guess what? Only 4% of the 28 million small business owners in this country, only 4% ever reach a million dollars. Wow. And I can almost certainly guarantee none of them are running Facebook ads about running, creating seven figure businesses. It's such, such smoke and mirrors. It drives me crazy. Now, you know, on that note, Stephen, tell me a little bit about how you acquire your big ticket clients. Um, You know, obviously on our show, we're talking about the big ticket life, the big ticket clients. I I really believe you have to set your own standards and Mm -hmm. go after them. So if you've decided you want to be a consultant that serves larger companies, how do you get in the door? I mean, what are your, well, you've talked about Trojan horse and the Trident. Do you have other strategies that, that you think might be useful for people? Yeah, I, I, well, so the thing that I'll bolt on to the Trojan horse of sales, uh-huh. and, and uh, I'll say this candidly with you, and, I, and I, I don't mind sharing it, the Trojan horse of sales has, for Onward Nation has driven over $3 million in revenue into predictive ROI. Wow. So do we have other strategies in that? Kind of. And what I mean by that is there's a couple of bolt-ons to, or one primarily onto the Trojan horse of sales. And that's what we call our dream 25 strategy. So not only does that, does that dictate who the guests are going to be like thoughtful intention, because every single episode matters. It matters for our audience and it matters for the guest experience, but then it also matters downstream. So once somebody if, if I've identified that that person is part of our dream 25, meaning they own a business that we would most like to work with yeah. and they're a business owner that probably would work with in our system. And then once we have the interview, then that ignites this downstream workflow for my team, meaning that they're going to get a frame quote in the mail where we take their quote, we mat it, frame it. It's a beautiful thing that they'll want to hang on their window or excuse me, hang on their wall, which yep. there's one right behind me on yep. my, uh, right there. Uh-huh. And so that's the first piece. Then they're going to get a book from me 30 days later with a handwritten note. Then after that, I'm going to feature them in Forbes. After that, I'm going to feature them in Thrive Global. After that, I'm going to feature them in LinkedIn. After that, I'm going to put them in an ebook. After that, we're going to distribute the ebook through our weekly e-newsletter. After that, after that, after that, after yeah. that, there is so much what we call slicing and dicing of that episode. Mm-hmm. So that when I reach back out to them six months from now, And I say, hey, Dr. Pillay, thanks again for being my guest on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. You know, when when you started talking about X, that got me and my team here at Predictive thinking about Y. And you know what? We do Y really, really well. Is there a day or time next week that we can sit down and talk about that? Wow. And 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 how what what do they call that? Um, an offer you can't refuse. Little, little, little godfather thing. Hey, why are you treat me with such disrespect? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, but in all joking aside, it's what we've done is we've demonstrated our content model over the course of six months. Mm-hmm. And we've delivered so much value because it's about them, not my episode. Mm-hmm. It's about their smarts that they shared in the episode. Yeah. And so then, then, then the conversation's like, it never felt like biz dev. It's like, sure, I'd be happy to talk with you about that. You know, what this also demonstrates, Stephen, really, it takes me back to your, your mantra, what you learned from your grandfather and your heritage. If you can take care of your customer, they will take care of you. So what you've done in these, maybe for some people, 90 days, maybe for others, six months, is you were taking care of them regardless of what they would end up do, doing with you 
uh, you know, or not. Agreed. People see and feel those, maybe, maybe feel those things more than, than anything else. And that reciprocity drives success. I, I love that. You know, I, I was just going back and forth with one of our Dream 25 prospects this morning and they had reached out to me and said, hey, could we have a proposal from you? <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, delighted. Yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, we don't win everything. I mean, we don't win every, every deal. I mean, every opportunity, of course not. And so they reached out to me today and said, you know what? We decided to uh, work with a different company. Okay. So w- my response to them was, okay, thanks for letting me know. And when your show launches, please let me know because I want to share that with our community. Absolutely. And then, and then they replied and said, oh my gosh, that's awesome. We appreciate you so much. Because I know in two years from now, whether it's that project or a different project or something like that, we're going to get another at bat. Yeah. And, it, you know, so it's like uh, all of this comes back to you if you're truly focused on the right things. And that is investing in the relationship. Relationship. Big word. Huge word. In fact, probably the biggest word for me it, in, in my business growth is, is relationship. And, you know, I think for those out there who are listening and going, well, Stephen, you know, if I keep serving all these people and sending out all this great stuff and then they go work with other people, you know, how, how's that monetization? Well, you know, you're building a relationship and your, your ideal clients will find you, right? Right. Is that your approach to it? Is, well, it, it's, it's that... And it's that and spending time with, you know, great thought leaders like, like Drew McClellan, like Jay Bear, like, you know, uh, Joe Polizzi, like Robert Rose, who, who together really built Content Marketing Institute and Content Marketing World. And, you know, in, in realizing that it's a long play. Yeah. If, if you're just looking for, I'm going to build my email list, I'm going to pound the heck out of them and I'm going to convert them into opt-ins and then, and then they're going to fall into a funnel and I'm going to try to sell them a $79 thing and that's my yeah. business model. I'm sorry, that, that event, you might get some short-term success, yeah. but, but you are going to, you're, you're going to phase out, flicker out, burn yeah. out, whatever, pretty fast. I call that small ticket marketing and sales. And in fact, I position that against big ticket, which is the longer term, the relationship building and all that, the psychology of trust and everything else. Steven, what are your current projects that you're excited about? I mean, I know, first of all, your book. Wow. I thought I had a copy here. (laughs) Your book, um, Profitable Podcasting, it it is the most in-depth, like you pull no punches. You go into, like your details are like this click this button here <laughs> and then click this next one there. I mean, you're really detailed. So yeah. what, what projects are you excited about right now in addition to that book? Well, uh, okay. So a little bit behind the curtain on that book. Uh-huh. Uh, this is not promotional. It's uh, it like little, little pamphlet books that actually don't give you anything that, that are actually like at the top end of a funnel. Yep. And so, Oh, if you want the good stuff, you got to opt in for my thing. Yeah. That kind of stuff drives me nuts. Drives and me so when, right. When I was going back and forth with my agent, the publisher and all of that for this book, I said, I want to write the compendium, the encyclopedia of how to do this right. Like I want every single thing in the book. And I have people say to me, why on earth would you do that? That's what you get paid to do. Like somebody hiring you to do that. Like, why, why would you do that? I'm like, why would I not? Wow. And, and I'm like, it's fine. I don't care. We, wow. we want to work with somebody who reads a book and says, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff in here. I can't even imagine trying to do this on my own. 
I would love for your team to help us. There's so much that you say and do, Stephen, that is, is just so against the grain. Ah, what, it's fine. What, 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 <laughs> I love, look, let me, let me give you an example that really yeah. resonated with me. When I wrote my last book, um, yeah. Big Ticket Clients, which is a 250-page book, took me yeah. four months or so, um, I had a very good friend of mine, well-intentioned, who said, dude, I have someone who's just listening to me over the phone and I'm dictating and they're writing my book. It's going to be done in like a, a couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> Why are you spending four months to write this book when I'm just talking into a, a telephone and I'm going to have my book out too. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. But you know, the truth is, although, all right, uh, no names here. My book is done. He hasn't finished his book yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though it's been four months. So maybe something didn't work out, but how is it that, you stick to this value system of service, of patience. I mean, that's so important. That to me is everything. I, I think it's, um, you know, one of the, I don't, I don't think that I mentioned this when I was talking about my grandfather. So gr during the great depression, he gave away more soup than he ever sold. And, and so his, his son, my uncle, many, many, many years later, mm -hmm. right. Uh, and I just learned this story of, uh, a few months ago. My uncle says to me, he goes, because I said to him, I go, Uncle Bill, why, why did Pop give away so much soup? And he goes, you know, interesting question. I asked him about that. And I said, oh, what did he say? He goes, so I went to my dad and I said, Pop, why did you give away so much soup, you know, during the depression? It's not like he had money to throw around, right? Absolutely. It's a depression for Pete's sake. Yeah, yeah. And, but there was a lot of hungry people and a lot of people in need. And this is what my Pop said to my uncle. He said, you know, Jesus is coming back someday. I don't know what he's going to look like. So I'm just going to be nice to everybody. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. And so that, that's my Papu's wisdom. And I say Papu, that's grandfather in Greek. But, and, and so the, the point is, is that I think, yes, we, we're, I'm not running a nonprofit. I, I've got a team of 17 people. We, I have to pay those people. They're great teammates, but they don't work for free. Yeah. And, and clients pay us and they pay us really well. And that's awesome. Yeah. So we're running a profit business here. This is not a nonprofit. But at the same point too, I know that if my orientation is about trying to squeeze every ounce of blood out of the turnip, yeah. I will not have a business. Wow. And you know, in your, in, in, you know, in your defense, for anybody who's listening and still not clear about how I connect the dots from content to, to, uh, to monetization, I will say this. I heard of Stephen, you, right? Because you're such an expert in the field. Why? Mm. Because of those podcasts, the 600 to 1,000 podcasts you did. That's how I heard of you. So you, you're positioned as a thought leader and an expert because of your content. So even if you don't close a deal from the, the, the day after you do a podcast with someone, realize that you're creating content that's evergreen, that's going to create success for you with other people. I mean, Amen. to me, that's the big ROI. I don't know. Absolutely. You know, I, I love that approach. Yeah. And it, it is not fast. It requires patience. You know, word you used a few minutes ago, yep. but, but get, when you get started and you're 12 months in, you know, people ask me, well, how soon should I expect to monetize? Probably about 12 months. We, we've, we've had our podcast now going on for five years mm -hmm. and, and it has built some real solid cornerstones in the market. And it's, and it's lovely. It is a great body of work, but it does not happen overnight. Nothing worthwhile happens overnight. Yeah, I can totally attest to that. I'm at 
I think you're my podcast number 70. <laughs> or 70 yeah. Or something like and that's awesome. You know, so I'm, I'm on my journey as well. You know, most people quit at seven. Oh, really? <laughs> it's called, it's called pod fading. And people ask me like, why do people, what's pod fading? I'm like, it's the same thing. It's the, it's the human psychology yeah. behind new year's resolutions. And I'm going to go get a gym membership, but I'm going to stop seven weeks in because I don't have washboard abs yet. Wow. Right. People eat like crap for two decades and then they expect in seven weeks after the brand new year that they're going to have washboard abs in seven, seven weeks. No, just like people who launch a podcast or a content strategy, whatever, and think, oh, after seven weeks or seven episodes, I'm going to have millions of dollars because I've been paying attention to those stupid Facebook ads. Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't work that way. It does not. And thank you for that passionate statement about it because <laughs> I, I need to hear it. People need to hear about it. You got to be patient. So, Stephen, in wrapping up here, you know, I saw on your, um, on your website and actually on your LinkedIn, you, you guys do everything from, you know, you know, uh, you know, search engine optimization to website uh, marketing to, of course, the podcast. I mean, you do the whole digital uh, thing. What are you excited about that you can share and how can people contact you to maybe work with you on all of these things? Well, I, I'm most excited about a new book that actually Drew and I are releasing here in a couple of months. It's called uh, Sell with Authority. Who's it's specifically for... Uh, I'm sorry. Who's Drew? You didn't tell us. Oh, uh, Drew McClellan from the Agency Management Institute. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so he and I decided to write a book together called Sell with Authority, uh -huh. which is essentially, it is definitely for, you know, there's agency owner examples and so forth, but any business owner can read it and get a whole lot of value out of it. Yeah. Super excited about that. Launch is coming up here in, in, in a couple of months. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. And then, you know, so that's book number four, which is sweet. Yeah. And then, um, but you know, we, we continue to invest in our resource library, which is free on predictiveroi.com. So any of your listeners can go there and get scads of super, super helpful, deep content all for free. Yeah. I love that. And by the way, um, I appreciate that you shared that you're on book number four and you know, for a lot of people who think, well, I'm going to write that one book and it's going to make me this. <laughs> Again, um, I think it was the, the story of the bamboo tree that you got to plant. There's this plant in China or somewhere, I don't know where, but maybe Asia, I guess, um, where you plant this particular bamboo tree and it will not grow above ground for five years. Wow. It literally spends five years underground before you first see the, the stuff coming out. And you could say in those five years that it didn't work or... Um, this is dead or nothing's going on. But if you know that this bamboo tree is going to be five years and you can wait, that's the magic. That's all the magic that there is. So can, can I share one more example? Absolutely. Okay. So a dear friend of mine, his name is Dr. Greg Philbeck and he's the Dean at the business college at Penn state Erie. Uh -huh. And, and I know so many people who, so many academics, cause I came out of that space. I spent some time in academia before starting predictive ROI. Mm -hmm. And and so many people I know, fellow professors, that kind of stuff will look to Greg and say, I want to be doing what Greg's doing. It's amazing what he's doing. I, I want, I want a career like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's go behind the curtain. You know, Greg just wrote his 100th, 100th article that was published in a scholarly academic journal. 100. Wow. wow. Most, most professors, if they have four, somewhere between four and 10 to their vitae, that's, that's like good. He's yes. at a hundred. It puts him really in rare air. 
He's written over 10 books with Oxford Press is the publisher. Mm -hmm. He teaches workshops, uh, professional workshops for Kaplan and Schweizer across the country. You know, he's, he's in high demand with his professional designations, CFA and um, FMRA and, and, and a variety of different designations. He's one of only a handful of people in the world that has his level of credibility and professional designations. But yet people look at that and say, well, I want to do like that. Yeah. Well, okay. It's taken him 25 years to do that. <laughs> yes. So yes. start writing. Start writing. Ooh. You know, this whole thing could be summarized by those two words. Start doing, right? Right. And, and just, just do it. Stephen, I can't tell. You know, I get goosebumps just just listening to this stuff because it's like so true for me. Yeah. For one thing, I want to send everybody to your website, predictiveroi.com, which by the way, I love the point of view that you're stressing, even with the name there, predictive return on investment. Right. So predictiveroi.com, please go there, check out Steven's stuff. I am a true believer, believer in your brand and in your products. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, uh, Dr. Pillay, for the invitation. It was a joy and a privilege, my friend. Thanks. All right. We'll be in touch. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Life Podcast. For more episodes and stories, visit drpillay.com. That's D-R-P-E-L-E.com. And remember, your big ticket life begins when passion meets purpose.